This is a HeadGum Podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So I turn to Damien um, Eccles. Yeah. And I go, hey, did you ever see that? Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? Hmm. He's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, that's kind of funny, right? Because your whole thing. Hollywood handbook. Roger Rabbit uh, had uh, fight a bunch of weasels, and Damien got bit by a weasel on bit. his foot. Yeah, on his. <laughs> and he had. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm kind of I'm probably going to sound a little off this show. Um, because as it turns out, and if Engineer Cody could get a picture of this, my feats is haunted <laughs> and my feats is actually haunted. And when I'll have to keep from being upset, uh, in, in this case, actually, is the camera supposed to be out of the room or is it, wait, is it supposed to be in the room or out of the room? <clears throat> Are we supposed to get up and go out of the room and go get the camera? Or is it just supposed to be in the room already? I think we got it. That's nice. So when, uh, <clears throat> Mebra was dressing me this morning. Mm-hmm. She got very scared. Because now, you, well, we should say you have you're wearing socks with spirits on them. Haunted, yes, haunted spirits. And these, when I went to bed last night, was normal black socks. Mm. And when she put them on my feet, initially they was normal black socks. Oh, and then what oh, she so told it's not, me uh-huh. is that the because my feet is haunted and has so much supernatural energies. It transforms fabric. Transforms the sock. Mm-hmm. But what a satisfying feeling it must be to be stomping on ghosts and spirits all day. Yes, and I know that they can't hurt me, but it's still very scary to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to... Uh, Psychic later today, and I will perform exorcism on my feet, and I will stomp around in the holy water at the church, and everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about me. I'm going right from here to do that. We have to move a, li- a little quickly today, actually. Um, we're a little off schedule. Uh, there was somebody recording in here before us, and this guy, Jensen Carp. I don't know if that's a real – if that's like a character. It's like or a like fish a, joke, right? Yeah, or like um, if, that's a, if that's a real guy. Um, but he didn't know that he – was supposed to get out of the studio at a certain time uh, because nobody had told him. Oh, well, is that his fault? I mean, does he keep track of the entire schedule? Or, I mean, who would be with him that would even know? It doesn't seem know? like it would be him. It seems like he would just be in charge of, you who know, would be with him that he and, would even and, know? And do a good show. If there were somebody in here with him, sort of an emissary, who was even recording our show. You know what's his. occurring to me now? Is Engineer Cody is that person. He could have said, hey, you really got to be out of here mm-hmm. by the time that the other guys need to come in. And... Then they would have known because Jensen made a comment to me that was so interesting. When he was walking out of the studio, he said, I'm so sorry. We didn't know Mm -hmm. there was someone else coming in. And then normally I would assume that Engineer Cody didn't know we were here. uh, But in this case, I actually – I think back to what actually happened Mm, during the record. We recreate the – Yes, and just retracing my steps. I remember I think actually seeing Engineer Cody – Ah, uh, yes. Fleeing the studio during Jensen Carpenter. Yes, he court, left the studio three he, or four times. As he will do. True to form. <laughs> and yes, when I saw him out, when I saw him outside milling around the kitchen, I said, oh, they must be recording a show in there because that's where he likes to be. <laughs> so, and then locking eyes with us mm-hmm. and then disappearing back into the studio for another 15, 20 minutes. And I guess like at that, that time I thought maybe he's going in to tell them that we're out here. But, again, that comment from Jensen is the thing that just sticks with me. I can't get over it. So we have to move, you know. So we'll be talking very fast, so why don't you do the exciting intro? We've gotten, oh, yes. Welcome 
uh, to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lined back hallways of this industry we call showbiz. What up, what up? Today what we're doing is uh, we, we received a number of theme song submissions. Uh, we, we requested a few weeks ago. The show was feeling a little... Still. Not, yes. There's something music can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it has these effects. Some of these segments have an internal energy to them mm-hmm. that's very powerful, but there's no way to transition. You need to approach them with the right mindset, and that's the what music can do is is affect minds. And so we want we haven't heard the songs. We we thought we would play the songs and then go through the process of the critique, and we can pass it back to. The listeners who made them, and you know, yeah, throw maybe it back to us. Yes, maybe yes. We go back and forth on this for as long as it takes, and that's the process. Pass notes, pass notes. Mm-hmm. The ugly business of the critique. So it doesn't have to be ugly. It no the end result. I hope actually... I'm pleasantly surprised by some really good music. But from what I've heard, and music actually, if anybody knows anything about brain science and musical uh, science, is it it's lighting up pieces of your brain. Mm-hmm. And so you want to light up the right pieces. And I think the parts that they were lighting up a lot for me and the ones that I heard mm-hmm. is the parts that say, hmm, this isn't very good. But you want to light up the other side. Mm-hmm. This first song, is a, this first theme is for the teaser freezer. Uh, it's from Matt Bogdanow. Uh, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. He is a drummer. He's a professional drummer. Um, and so I don't know if this is all, if this is going to be just a drum thing that doesn't sound like that would be very good to me but we'll listen to it and we'll see if maybe he experimented with some other stuff it's so cold it's so cold in the teaser freezer it's so cold it's so fucking cold in the teaser freezer Two notes, right off the bat. It sounds like maybe the crypt keeper is is speaking in the very beginning. Somebody with scary voice and who is maybe scared themselves, but that's no reason to drag me into this. I would just say keep the keep keep the crypt keeper away from uh, as far away from this process as possible. Here's a great way to look at how do I make a good song for what this is. Mm-hmm. What is the teaser freezer. And for me, I would say it's educational, it's laughs, it's funniness, it's great, it's fun, it's fast, it's funny, it has good parts, <laughs> it has good parts, it's good, we love it. It's smart. It's smart, it's, a, it's for thinking, it's for learning, and it's for having fun with your friends it, laughing. It's, it's nice, did you say it's nice? It's nice, it's cool, and you did touch on that a little bit with how cold it is in the freezer. So you were in the neighborhood of that element, but that's only one of the things I said. A lot of what the other stuff I said was about how it is nice and it's cool and it's funny and it's smart. So you want your song to have those same elements. Uh, no cussing is my other note. I could do without the language, yes. That limits the, the distribution of the song significantly. Always think... Could Sean play this for his daughter, who's only 10 days old, and not be worried that maybe her first word is going to be like something like an F word? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you can get arrested for if your kid is saying that. And I also would say I expected some drums and a nice little drum line at the beginning, like from the movie, or like a big marching band or something like that would have been nice, just to, like some little extra fanfare instead of all the sort of ethereal spookiness. Well, if you saw Birdman, that, they're playing drums in that. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. So Matt can, you know. Back go, to the drawing board and try to make, Go you over know, the notes and. Yeah. Uh, and make the next pass a little more what we're describing where you really have a feel for what the segment will be. Mm-hmm. This one is from, uh, I believe he's Charlie Murphy Brown on the forums. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he, he's created a good popcorn gallery theme for us in the, fast, in the past, the one where it talks about popcorn chicken and popcorn shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one for Gmail Roulette, our, our famous segment. Fruit. <laughs> 
lunch pale like Ray or Gmail roulette 20 on black, 27 on red Big spin, big spin, money and a must win Won't stop chatting, talking Gmail roulette Gmail roulette Gmail roulette Okay I'm Kay Let me say, can I go? Mm-hmm you want to think about what the actual Gmail roulette segment mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. which is it's – I think we're very vulnerable in it. It's very revealing. It's very smart, mm-hmm. and we're laughing a lot. So funny smartness would really set the listener up for what they're going to hear, as well as a little more vulnerability, which I think he – Touched on slightly mm-hmm. because he is hoping that the wheel lands somewhere that helps him, mm-hmm. which I think that too. But when he says, does he say Gmail crewlet or cool? At some point he does. I, I believe he says coolet. Okay. That's when he loses me mm-hmm. for good. Just from a composition perspective, just thinking about how it's put together. Uh, I want you to think about, Charlie, I want you to think about fifths, you know? Fifths are sort of, that's the sort of central vibration of a lot of the music you hear, um, like Help Me Rhonda. It's the loop of fifths, yes, Help mm-hmm. Me Rhonda does Dream it. on, like it's it's fifths, it's the, <clears throat> ba, 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 like the, uh, wait till I get my money right. Yes. So, yes, that's sort of what's going on with it. And one one thing is just an easy thing to remember about fifths. So if you're looking at piano, C scale, that's all white notes. And if you go up one, you're going to add one black note. That's one sharp. If you go up another one, you're going to have two sharps. And it's always going to be the same basic. And if you go down, you're going to add a flat. And so what you want to do is... Do the fifths right. Mm-hmm. And I will say he does the j j j j which is sort of a 50-cent thing. And if he were ever to hear that, he would be very upset. And he's a very – he's one of the toughest people in the world. Yes. Um, and he's one of the – he's one of actually only six people in Hollywood that I don't want to get punched mm-hmm. by. You would never want to mess with him. And he's basically unkillable. And he's wearing a bulletproof vest almost all the time. So please take that out. He would just be so mad. If it was ever associated with us, I don't. I shudder to think. First of all, I have to shoot at his head because he's got that vest on. Mm-hmm. But he has those the metal teeth. It just goes ping, ping. Oh yes, no, he'd been shot in the face before. This is a uh, this is a new Gmail roulette theme, and this is from Dorky but Cool. Okay. Mm. Well, let's take a step back from this mm-hmm. and just ask yourself a simple question. How do I feel when Gmail roulette's happening? Yes. That's a that's a great all-purpose note mm-hmm. for all these people, which is yes. uh, there's, a, there's a feeling of anticipation when it's coming on, eagerness, mind openness. And then as you're experiencing it, happy niceness. If you think about a song like Sloop John B, Mm -hmm. what they're using is they're using fifths. (laughs) And and that's allowing the music to sound very good. Yes, think about that song, how it goes like the... Right? The... Right? Right. And so just play that Wait over and over. Wait till I get my money right. You know? Like they're all, it's all building to that. Mm-hmm. This, the Gmail roulette that got screamed almost seemed like an afterthought to the music you're playing. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like it was somebody on the phone and I do not like the idea of answering the phone and hearing a loud oh. screamy. Well, I just hate all this. We're all staring at a glowing rectangle all day. Here are... We'll do, these are three themes from uh, Think of the Children. The first one is for That's Really Interesting. Oh, yeah. 
Fantastic. It does. That's not music to me is my biggest criticism of it. I like the theme to be. It's a mood and I'm afraid that this person's on drugs. And I do, you know, and I don't mean to accuse some of that. And we've all experimented. I know that Hayes took a hit off a joint uh, when mm-hmm. he was hanging out with Leonard Skinner, mm-hmm. who actually I do use fits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Skinner is a great guy to go back and listen to and think about the idea of fifths and how he does the... And he just hits a da 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 da. Then you can't tell me nothing right on his main song. Mm-hmm. Just go back. It should be music. Uh, but we did do hash. Let's uh, let's listen to his teaser freezer theme. <laughs> So you wanted to say I'm, something? So I want to ask a question, and it's similar to questions I've asked before, but it's different too. When we are doing a teaser freezer and you're hearing that, are we being robots? Mm-hmm. If no, then the song shouldn't be a robot bullying me. It's it's a it's a confusion I think of the freezer being machinery and like living machinery is robots. Yes. Uh that's a that's a pass. But me. if you've been in the freezer, it actually is not a robot. And here's a here's his Gmail roulette theme. This is think of the children. Working on my learning of his red carpet hallways, listening to Hazel Sean redoing emails, streaming my own rules to get ready to hear an email from a celebrity, streaming my own rules to get ready to hear an email from a celebrity, streaming my own rules to get ready to hear an email from a celebrity. Get help. The lyric, I will say the lyrics are right. It sets you up for exactly the right thing, which is hearing an email from a, sometimes a celebrity. Uh, the voice is horrific, and I wish you would just get a nice, get, we're, like, get someone like a Karen Carpenter type to sing a nice, it should be a nice song. Yes. And if you think about songs like uh, um, Love Fool by the Cardigans, mm-hmm. what they're using is a pretty simple formula. Mm-hmm. And it just follows fifths. And in order to do that, all they did was they sat at a piano. Mm-hmm. They said, well, he goes all white keys. You go up one. You have one black key. That's something sharp. You go up one more. And, you know, and then that, that scale becomes so if you're in an E scale, then you're going to have two. You know. and, it, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell because of the way it sounds good when you do it right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got a very special episode. Yes, yeah, so this is our first writers panel, and we have some uh, very uh, skilled and experienced writers, and they're going to come and they're going to teach you some of the secrets of the writers' room uh, that actually have never been heard before, and that's coming right up on Hollywood Handbook. So I'm with uh, S. Pantha Mergerson at her housewarming. She has kind of like a new Spanish craftsman kind of on sweetser. Yeah. And it's getting kind of late. So I say, I, I got to head out. And she's like, no, you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, what? Uh, it's late. I have to leave. And her eyes start kind of like glowing red. And then I hear like, time's up. And I was in an Oculus Rift. And you forget when you're in it, you actually, it, it's... It's so immersive, you don't know, that it's actually a virtual experience. Yes, and well, that's why I won't put anything in front of my eyes. Mm. Because I'm so scared of getting tricked. Welcome back to Hollywood Handbook. This is actually a really exciting episode for us. This is the first time we've ever done uh, what's, what, what we, what we want to call the writer's panel. Um, yeah. And what it is, the writer's room is something that so far has always been really shrouded in mystery. It's not it's not something that people really talk about. No one has ever 
tried to take a look inside the mm-hmm. writer's room. It just co- sort of exists in this kind of dark cave somewhere. And you see they, they go into the room and they come out with a funny TV show mm-hmm. or a scary TV show. Or an idea for one and the actors mm-hmm. do a lot of it. And and But then what's that? What is that magical process that happens in between? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And lots of people don't like to to talk about it, but today we have um, we have three great guests who who are, are going to tell us some stories and maybe a few secrets and maybe help I, you get in the room yourself. This is a little like, and we're a little like the masked magician hmm, mm-hmm. who revealed yes. some of the tricks. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all a little like masked magicians, gentlemen? Well, let's let's introduce everyone. Uh, starting from my left, uh, Dave King. Hey. You know him from Frank TV, huh. uh, Last Call with Carson Daly, okay. uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Yeah. And Shipmates. Mm, tell us about Shipmates briefly, briefly. Shipmates was a, uh, it's a reality television show where they put two, it was like Blind Date on a cruise ship. And I would write the uh, funny uh, kind the of- thoughts. No. <laughs> the secret We didn't do thoughts. Bubbles. That was a misconception. That was more a blind dates thing. We mm. did um, just kind of funny icons and lower thirds, we'd call them. Mm. And um, I would just kind of hack away at those. And um, Is this like a stink lines or something? I'm just trying to picture an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't that um, base. You know, we were a little more highbrow than that, I'd like to think. Mm, it wasn't okay. that far from that either, you know. It would, it would, we'd like to give the people on the dates a little character. Like, we'd say, this guy's a computer nerd. And then we'd play with that sort of motif of, like, we'd give him a computer graphic and, uh, you know, ding-toink, uh, kind of like little sunny, funny sound effects and that kind of thing. Mm, yes. Yeah. C- continuing ar- around the table, we just skip over Sean to Steve Healy. Hey, I got skipped. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Steve is here. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Steve, boy, what a list of credits. Animal practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My name is what? Or my name is Earl. I wasn't on that show, but you see, I, I but watched you, it for a minute, right? I've watched it. Didn't mm. you do a cup of coffee on there? Well, I told I would often give Vali Chandrasekharan a lot of his ideas. He would come to me, you know, I have to pitch a story tomorrow. Uh, help me. What happens? I'd be like, okay, it's no problem. Oh God, Crab I'm sorry. Is. This so, is what is happening for me. They may have given me a credit. For that, I don't know. Yeah. So you were on Thirty Rock, Thirty Rock, and The Office, The Office, American Dad, American Dad, Last Call. We worked at Last Call, Last Carson Call, Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Mm-hmm. And I know we're gonna hear some stories about that. I'm sure. Late Show with David <laughs> Letterman. Wait, I, what do you do with a Carson Daly? I, I mean, it, it, so much of it seems like you just wind him up and watch him go. Are you giving him? areas to play in or are you literally just trying to it's put build, a, it's almost like are you penning him in I would imagine you'd have to build fences for him yes that's exactly yes building the sandbox mm-hmm. that's yes. how I thought of it mm-hmm. and sort of dust busting it up afterwards yeah there's a lot of that cleaning the, up the hurricane mm-hmm. well he's such a whirling dervish mm-hmm. uh, of comedy that it, yes. I, I do taz, wonder a Taz type yes yes it's mm-hmm. like the Tasmanian devil cartoon have you seen this most of my writing was for Dave King who was mm-hmm. a, one of the he was sort of the uncredited co-star of the show mm-hmm. he would play uh, I remember he played the Hamburglar mm-hmm. he played Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, Easter Bunny the all Easter the classic Bunny. Uh, late night staples yeah. mm-hmm. it was kind of the year show of shows of our mm-hmm. for so. our 2.0 and what's that it was uh, Sid Caesar had this show, and all the great writers were on it, like mm-hmm. um, Ernest Hemingway and Woody Allen mm-hmm. and Neil Simon and, um, I don't know, Fran Lebowitz or somebody. Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, well, let's... let's James oh, Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. I guess we... <laughs> um, uh, Jeff Chaucer. We'll just keep moving on and... Uh, Jeff and Chaucer did a cup of coffee on your show. Shows. Someone's getting impatient, David. Let's... Talk to Kevin. Dave, it's my time. Kevin Ed is here. <laughs> What's up? Um, Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Ed. 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 And now Workaholics. Workaholics. Where, where you spent some time with Sean. Yeah, kind of in a mentor position. Oh, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, there God. he is. Here we go. That's, Tom Cavanaugh, what's the deal oh, there? My God. Just a quick. The best. Yeah, the best is he. It's like you've seen Love Monkey. Yes, yes. 
I mean, cut short way before it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the same kind of a Carson Daly figure where you just wind him up, let him go, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You're just throwing stuff at him. He's going. No, I never was on set with Tom. The Daly, editing so. must be difficult. <laughs> the editing was difficult. Just, just seeing... That's where you. I mean, that's which where hilarious that's where, riff do I want from mm-hmm. Tom in this? How end? long can we possibly let this go? We have to have commercials for the show. That's where the show is made. Mm-hmm. You know, you wrote it in the edit bay. Absolutely. So well, let's talk, we talk about well, story monsters and joke beasts and how everyone has sort of a different persona that they're coming in with in 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 a writer's room. You're all sort of characters yourselves, just like there are characters on the show. What would you each consider your role to be in your writer's room? And I'll put it a different way. What's your superpower? (laughs) That's clever. Um, You want me to start? Dave King. Um, I like to, um, (laughs) you know, it feels almost selfish or arrogant to say that I'm a story beast. Mm. But frankly, I don't have time for joke monsters. And I just feel like. Or story, call it whatever you want. Story, monster, joke, beast. I don't care what the words are. You're either a story guy or a joke guy. And uh, to me, the show is the story. The story is the show, and the jo- anyone can write the jokes. And if you don't have the story, if you don't have the balls to write a story, if you don't have the goods, then frankly, what the hell are you doing there? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it at the is, end of the day, it is it cowards and pussies that won't write a story. Isn't that right? I don't mm-hmm. want to call them out. This isn't about – I don't want to make the other side look bad. I'm just saying, quite frankly, either tell the story or get the fuck out of the kitchen. Pardon my French. It, it is – it does take a certain masculinity, though, to, to, to sort of mm-hmm. – like to hew a story out of just a, a, a handsome oak. Yeah, you can't be – you know what it is? You can't be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. You can't be afraid and you can't be uh, – you can't be shy – and if that's uh, if you want to call that a Y chromosome, psh, go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm I'm not the first to say it. And when you bring up masculine energy, I think we should point out that we're doing a writers panel, and it is mostly mostly white men. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I won't be surprised when we catch shit for that, right? <laughs> But yeah. should we talk about it? Why didn't why didn't any women sort of earn their way onto this panel? Yeah. Yes. Well, it is an interesting question. Yes. Um, if I had to just take a wild guess, mm-hmm. and it's and this is literally, I'm not a scientist, I don't know anything, but I would assume that it would be something to do with periods. Yeah. And that's not, and this is not to make any judgment. And look. I happen to be fortunate. I don't have to have my period all the time. Mm-hmm. But how often do you have it? Okay, uh, I thought you said <laughs> you, you were a story guy. Well, I thought you said you were a story okay. guy. Why you hit me with a joke? Oh, look, I'm allowed <laughs> to have some fun. What can I say? Uh, Steve, is there a difference between a joke monster and a sort of uh, bit machine? Are we? Is this? Are we just going to talk about television? Because actually, I'm a I'm a writer. Writer. Right. TV is like my day job. These mm. guys not are just they're just TV guys. Right. But I've written books. And isn't that sort of what you what you bring to a TV writers room though? Is yeah. your 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 handle of prose. Well, actually, I mean, I think what I bring is like I'm there in the room and the other writers feel shame mm-hmm. as they should because the, mm-hmm. they're like here's a real writer. Yes. So they're Stepping up their game to be like, great, hey, am I? It's a great motivator. How do I mm-hmm. get to this guy's level? How do I please him? I'm like a disapproving dad in the room, mm-hmm. and I bring that energy, and it makes everyone turn it up a bit. I mean, I think that's why shows keep hiring me and, and hiring me and hiring me. Daddy, just for the audience, what are some of the things you've written that is real things? Well, I wrote a book called How I Became a Famous Novelist. It won the James Thurber Prize. Everyone, your listeners probably know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the guy who drew about dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one of the greatest American humorists of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, people are very still, funny dogs. If you want to laugh, turn off your TV that he and drew. get out of a book. Some, some of drawings. the most hilarious floppy-eared dogs you'll ever Far- see in your life. I promise you that. He, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, him and Billy Wegman are our two greatest American humorists. If you want to laugh, pick up Thurber. Yeah. I say that uh, mm-hmm. at least once a day. Yeah. To someone who's like depressed or they're sick or they got bad news, and so you would call yourself 
sort of a book machine. I'd call myself a writer. I don't know what Dave and Kevin, I guess script guy, script TV maker. Really, you're playing uh, around. You know, we call ourselves <laughs> screenwriters. Yes, Kevin, what would you call yourself? There's a word for I'd you, isn't there? call myself a doula. Um, mm, please expand on that for me. Because I just, I am a, I'm giving birth to ideas. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a vessel through which, you know, stories, jokes, they appear, they come out. I'm just, I'm, you know, they're not, it's not me thinking of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and the they idea's in there, isn't out. it? The idea's in there gestating. It is. But who's going to coax it? Right. You know? And so I, I it's so... On. You don't Come want it on. to just fall on the floor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to be there to catch that baby. And towels and everything. Exactly. Yes. Did you see that Mulaney? I have not seen an episode of Mulaney. I don't want to uh, do, do the whole Please thing. Please don't ruin it. Um, I, I saw that Mulaney actually in the circumstances. I saw it. The sound was off. Mm. But I saw that uh, the black guy on Mulaney... He mm-hmm. was pushing a air conditioner into Motif. the room, and it Motif. was and it was like he was giving birth to. They were like push, push. I yes. think I was yes, doing that's right. my own. I was having to do my yes, own right. words. Mm-hmm. So were you walking like, outside of like, a store? No, I was in a hotel, and I didn't mm. know how to. I didn't feel like turning the sound on. Mm. It sounded like you were about to say you didn't know how. Well, and then I, d- I think I made a, a decision. Quick turn to say that you chose not to do it. It's hard to decide sometimes whether something's a decision mm. or it's just, you know, circumstance. Mm. I try and live in this way where, you know, the two things blend. Mm. It's interesting. Sometimes writers who are so brainy then don't know how to do a simple thing like turn the volume on on a television. Mm. Or what's I another mean, example? Yeah, you know, yeah, you laugh, but it's true. You know, we get so stuck in our heads and everything becomes so cerebral. Mm, yes. Uh, you know, sometimes I, yeah, you know, you catch yourself, uh, my car's in neutral. I forgot to put the car in drive or, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I left something at home. <laughs> I mean, you know. I hit I a could, person with my car. I hit a person. Yes. With, okay, Healy, you know, you're exaggerating to prove a point and it's funny, but, you know, we could go on. But, uh, yeah, you know, you sometimes you forget the simple things when all day long you're trying to just create this story that holds together, that feels right, that satisfies people. It's tough. Dave. Yeah. Could you just take us through the beats? Uh, and we can all jump in, but just like the – just the take us through the beats of like the story archetype. The story archetype. I mean, this is the this is it, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? Yeah. Well, look. Obviously, you know, read your Campbell, read your McKee, and then mm. you can get in the room, mm-hmm. and then let's talk. So I feel like it's a little weird to even have a one sided thing here where I'm going to talk about how how I would go about it because it sort of assumes that the listener. Is coming to the table, quite frankly, and not to be uh, sound like a jerk, but is coming to the table with the same amount of uh, preparation that I have. Mm. But what we found with this show is it's fun for them to pretend that they understand what we're talking about when we talk about TV, movies, stories, writing, and pictures of dogs. So that is very refreshing. And if I could throw to you, Kevin, and you could talk a little bit about conflict in story, which I know is something you're always hammering in the room, is it can't just be, you know, that the guy wants to meet a doula. It also has to be he's scared of of seeing a a woman's lower half. Right. Absolutely. You know, there's no drama without conflict. We Mm -hmm. say that every day. I say that to you every day. I say that to your writing partner, Dom, every day. And it can be frustrating. And, I mean, half the conflict is... For me in the room, you guys are just bits, 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 mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We do 15 pages of bits. Oh, it would drive me crazy. And then we get no the offense. story started. It's mm. like, how about we kick the story off on page three? Mm. Okay, you know? It's like we don't need to see... Not enough room for bits. 14 mm-hmm. pages of fart jokes and dick jokes. We've done it. We want people want stories. They tune in to these television programs to see the six seven stories that have been told Mm. since the beginning of time. And yes, that's how many stories there are. And it does remind me when you talk about the kind of jokes, have we done anything where somebody farts on a dick? It's a good idea. I think that's 
coming up. I feel like I, I saw an alt for that. So tune in. Tune in. Stay tuned. Steve, mm. what's your favorite show you've ever worked on? Um, to as a viewer, mm-hmm. oh, man, it would be such a luxury to just watch my shows and not have to be responsible for them. Mm. I'd say it would have to be American Dad. Mm. I think the character of Roger is one of the greatest characters in certainly in television. He's an androgynous alien and he wears costumes and mm-hmm. has adventures. I have a sticker of him. Yeah, and he invests himself really emotionally in a lot of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's a, he's a Loki. Yes. A coyote <laughs> figure. That is that sounds. Cool. It is interesting yeah. that you don't see that many people in disguise on TV anymore, except for him. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. he gets away with a lot of disguises. Mm-hmm. You can do that in a cartoon. You have that freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you recall, some like it hot disguises used to be a huge piece of comedy, yes. and it's sort of fallen by the yes. wayside with all- the CGI and the <laughs> all the you know electronic dinosaurs and things we no longer uh, mm-hmm. just think about what if a person had on a fake beard if you want to laugh get some like, like it, it all goes yes. back to do we talk like about the influence of Billy do we talk about can we just talk about that let's not Billy wild. Wegman but yes let's <laughs> get wild let's, the get other wild, great Billy. Yeah, let's get wild Yes, and there's a there's a Wilder before Van Wilder, and it was Billy. And they're both funny, but in different ways. So one thing that really struck a chord with me, Stephen, that you said, is the idea of what a luxury it would be to watch a television show just as a viewer. And do you find that you can't turn off your writer's brain and that when you see a TV show on, guys, and you can all answer at the same time, mm. that you uh, are just sort of taking it apart and thinking about the construction of it rather than letting it wash over you. Totally. I was yeah, watching yes, Park. I can't laugh. I don't laugh the, at all. I yeah. rewrite. I rewrite. It's I rewrite. all about editing. Is, editing in my head constantly. What was that? What if, was the original line there? How can I get huh. to a place where my brain feels and like Steven, it's you not can all answer it once. all the time? No, I sort of like what I Steve hate is watching doing. comedy. Steve is letting the others know. wear themselves out. When I want to relax, you know, if I want to relax, put on a documentary. It's not watching, it's writing. Netflix Emotional documentaries. Yeah, see you later. See if I'm Mad watching Man. a Parks, I'm Last sitting there. Last thing I want to watch is a half damn hour it, I have to comedy. Watch a, a joke, joke, girl. joke, joke, joke. I get it. I've That's seen it. That's the best you could do it. there, guys. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's and how about we try that one again? We're not a fan of those things, but it's not. That's it's, such a first thought. It's not such a first thought, and it made it because that bell has been ringing all day long. Funny, funny, funny. Is this the funniest we can do? Give me your madman. That's on the bottom of my Statue of Liberty. Give, Give me your, your Breaking Bad, your Sopranos. That's what I want let's, to watch when I let go Steve home. Let Steve talk. Actual writers. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted us? No? I um, thought we were supposed to all speak. Well, now I'm uh, worried that something's wrong with Steve, and so I just want to check in with him to make sure that he's doing okay physically. These guys are chatterboxes. That's mm-hmm. how they you know, make their bones. They go into their room and they keep the chatter going. And people like that. You need that sort of stimulation. To be fair, mm-hmm. we're but it not is a writer. podcast. It isn't chatter, yeah. though. Yeah, here, it yeah. is writer. Here's yeah. our conflict, I guess. Yeah. What, what, do you find, like, when you're watching a show and you have a lot of thoughts and you write them down, do you ever send them to the showrunner, you know, hey, Liz, mm-hmm. a couple thoughts about last night's New Girl. You could have done this or that. Hey, Mike. Watching Parks, I think you made some missteps. Let me help you yeah. set the course back. I'll send them like ADR stuff. So for future like syndication right. episodes, right, DVD right. edits, that's always you know DVD stuff. Yeah, all the time. I tend to use back channels. I find it's more diplomatic. The showrunner is so much on his plate, and I think I hope the listener is educated enough to know what a showrunner is. That I don't have to explain it, but I feel like the showrunner is so much on his plate that sometimes it's easier to go to the story editor, the ESE, or the co-p, and mm-hmm. and and slide it as someone who you know maybe on a more. I'll go right to the studio. Yeah, sometimes that's easier too. Is just hey Sony, hey Kevin um, Riley, yeah, here's an idea. Riley, here's an idea for a new girl ADR for yeah. you know season Churn three it. DVD. Just, you know, maybe slide this. You're on, uh, you know, you're on Lamore's back, or uh, for this shot, right. you could slide in a quick thing, Here's, get him in the studio. They of, love yeah. that. Get I mean, a single. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let the air out of their tires, and then when they go to get their jack, they realize that I've put, I've written a new script and hidden it where their spare tire used to be. Okay. Now, can we, okay, can we, and that's a, and that's a crazy thing to say. Um, <laughs> go ahead. What were well, you going to no, say? Well, no, I was just going to say. Can we talk about kind of the saddest part of our job? Mm. Mm. <laughs> about we, waking up in the morning. Because <laughs> we talked about giving birth 
But have we talked about so much of what we do is killing killing the darlings, surgeons. You know, just yes, and chop, surgeons chop, have chop, to chop, kill chop, chop, babies, and, and yeah, they don't talk about this. Doctors. It's a, where's that chop, episode of chop, Grey's chop. Anatomy where they yes. have to kill a bunch and of the, the babies? They chop them up, yeah, in order to make room, in order to make time, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. in order to make their page count. And we mourn them every day. Mm. You know, you guys sit in that room and write alts, mm-hmm. and then you watch the show, and you don't see them on there. And you go, a little part of you dies. I know it does. Mm-hmm. And there's and little, and if you'll see in my office, there's little popsicle stick graves all over. And those are for the babies that have died, which is like uh, the kind of jokes that I maybe I Did said. Did you say alts? I'm sorry. Alts, yes. Alternative jokes. Did you not? Are you not no, 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 with that no, term? no, no. I know alts. Okay. But it's just like for here, to hear you talk about it, Sean. You say you write, you spend all day writing the main jokes. Oh. But, 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 but at the oh. same time, does one, back. does one joke, you know, is one joke ever enough? And so, yeah, I'll, I'll have a, you know, a backup plan. Pull the ripcord, you know, he can't hit this joke the way I wrote it. And, oh, okay. And so that I will sense. have some alts and I'm, at, you know, and I'm at, at monitor, uh, uh, given, you know, given the goods. Um, <clears throat> You're at monitor sometimes? Mm-hmm. I, it just surprises me that Kevin would authorize well, you Well, for some monitor. of the other cubicle stuff, I feel like I was at Monitor. Sure, for the web stuff, that's fine. Yeah, web content. Whoa! You could see that. Wait. Web stuff? Models are changing, Hayes. You, you said you were doing stuff that was going to be on TV. Yeah, you said you were it's at Monitor both. for TV stuff. It's both. It's, it's for the web, but they also inexplicably play it in the first commercial break so that you can't really tell <laughs> whether the show is ended or whether this is part of the episode. Hey, let me stick up for Sean here, you know? A whore doesn't care who she fucks, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for having my back on this. It's true. Well, and I'd like to defend him, too. I got to say, sometimes, you know, you talk about writing alts, but, it, you know, sometimes the alt becomes the main. Kevin, yeah, as, a, show, might, as yeah. a showrunner, when you hear a joke, do you think you can usually tell whether it's an alter or main? Absolutely. Like there's just a ring Immediately to it Immediately you get yeah. it. Yeah. You go, bam, yeah. main, alt. Main, Let's talk main, about the main, pressures of alt. being a showrunner. We have a, uh, the, we have a showrunner right here Absolutely. in the room and, and Kevin. And just like there must be some temptation involved in that. Just with having a whole staff of people that are just sort of like under your control. Yes, absolutely. Every day it's, it's your manager. Mm-hmm. As much as you are a creator, you're wearing eight different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, the temptation is to, you know, take some of the stresses from the home life and bring them into the work life. And just, you know, if I'm having a bad day with my wife, with my cats, whatever, I come in. I want to so much. I just want to bring that into Sean mm-hmm. and scream mm-hmm. at his face for what is this story that mm. doesn't make sense? And right. it does. And it does make sense. And it's we're on page fifteen, and nothing has happened. And you've got fart stuff joke, is, dick joke. Stuff is happening. It's funny. Stuff is happening. And people can't yeah. see right now, but the veins in Kevin's head are just popping. Yeah, I've never no, seen and it's him hard. like this. I mean, and you know, it's Saturday. We've been working all week, and I know this podcast means a lot to him. And we've got one. He's got one more con- one more uh, year on his contract. So it's like, what happens? In a couple months, I know. So I know this is a big thing. You're trying to monetize it. You guys have some advertisers now. Quality slick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listeners' website. The pop. Oh, it's gallery. time for the popcorn for gallery. Now the uh, we uh, we got a lot of questions from um, uh, our listeners. I was very surprised by that song. Um. So the popcorn gallery. Uh. This. Normally, we're not talking about TV. We're talking about movies. And mm-hmm. Kevin, I know, has some good movie ideas, and I bet that Dave King might, too. Steven, I don't really know. He seems to not really get what we're even doing. Am I'm I sorry? wrong? Right. Yeah. It seemed like he doesn't get what we're doing. Oh, maybe you could tell me. What are we doing? Well, we were trying to do podcast about writer's rooms. Is it not going as you planned? Uh, two-thirds of it are? What would you say is missing? Mm. Don't let me get you off track if you need to do popcorn gallery or whatever. 
No, no, no. We can always edit it out. Do you know what's, what's happening missing? here? Conflict. Okay, and this turned out to be an object lesson. And so, Scoop Troop, get out your pencils and just write down the exchange we had, and maybe that winds up in a movie one day. Um, so, uh, Popcorn Gallery, questions from the listeners. We have a question uh, inside the popcorn bag. Ooh, Everybody it's the to... main character. What? This is a question from Burger Burger B R G R H at Burger Home. Guys, if you could talk about your A V Club GPAs, mm-hmm. is it uh, on your resume? Is it something that you kind of compare with each other? And uh... <laughs> oh, can I tell you one thing that drives me crazy? Mm. It's such a good question. Um, is why don't they have your AV, GP, AV Club GPA on your Wikipedia pages? Mm-hmm. Why is that not at the top? Why is that right next to our names? Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you know, when you're hiring writers, yeah. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and that was for sure one of the biggest mistakes early on was not. That, that should, that's question number one. Yes, because you used to not have to show it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No, and I just I need to know straight away. I actually want to know. I mean, we screen out so many people mm-hmm. That's based on that. I don't read scripts anymore. I mean, plus, I read what's after. What's your cutoff? B plus? B? B. B I mean, plus. But this is crazy to me. I And I maybe have, I might have to have a talk with um, William Morris Endeavor, but I assumed that my representation when my name is out there for jobs, that they that the first thing they mention is my AV Club mm-hmm. GPA, because quite frankly, I'm proud of it. What is yours? Right now, I'm, yeah, it's a... Uh, well, numerically, it's a 92. <clears throat> and not to brag, but that's just what it is. Yeah, no, that's not a brag at all. Thank you. But I wonder about some of these grades. I wish there was sort of a weighting system because it were is it like yes. a Vanderwerf yes. B plus? Right. Is it a Scott Tobias mm-hmm. B plus? No, it's so true. Yeah. You know? Either way, I yeah. still Inflation. think they're all the same. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they are all equally valid. So you can't like differentiate based on those guys because mm-hmm. they are AV club. Like right. the AV yes. club they're has, an AV club writer. They, like yeah. they didn't they just got, I mean, nobody, stumble into right. it. Right. They're not just some fucking guy in, you know, working in a movie store. Like the AV club has vetted these people. That's right. You know, they've gone through courses. Like, no, don't fucking question the AV club guys' ability to grade television and our, uh, you know, how much we react to it and change shit based on it because we do... I look at it this way. I'm a little more, I guess, realist about it. It's not, I say this, it's not a perfect system, but it's a damn good system. And you're kidding yourself if you think that there's a better system. Mm -hmm. It's like the Nielsen ratings. Are there flaws? Maybe. But it's damn good. Thank you. It's the gold standard. Like, why just shut up and tell me your number? Right. Yeah. It's Myers Briggs. And we are feeling around in the dark here. And so the AV Club has given us something of a lantern mm-hmm. to say, right. to guide us, yeah. move they in like this direction. We didn't like this, but you could do better. Are you guys concerned about the culture of critical superstars? Like Nussbaum. Let's start talk there. The bomb. You dropped the bomb, uh, didn't you, baby? It was going to come up. The bomb. Yes. Enough already. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know, and, and I personally don't get it. <laughs> All this. Thank you for the points, Kevin. And that is, and that has made its way into the, I, every writer's room. Is you are getting points all the time. Uh, is there any show more influential than At Midnight in the past fifty years? Mash, maybe Mash at Midnight. The whole Nussbaum hysteria. I personally don't. Chocolate news. Don't get it. <laughs> I've been worried right. about it. Yes. Uh, it does feel like, what does it mean where, like, an uh, Alessandra Stanley can operate in virtual anonymity uh, and where... You Isn't know, that funny? Right? Yeah. I, it's just weird to me. I wish I understood it, because I feel like I'd be better at my job if I did. Well, you know, look, the, I look at it this way. The Beatles were incredibly popular. No one knew who the Velvet Underground was in you know 1969, what? except for a handful of, uh, you know, lunatics, so-called, in Manhattan. And then over time, we came to learn that, you know, one was just as influential as the other, maybe, mm-hmm. depending on who you listen to and mm-hmm. what kind of music mm-hmm. you like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, maybe you're nuts. Goodbye, Lewis. Yeah. Yes. Well... For real, for real, man. Goodbye, Lewis. Yeah. And we miss him, and we miss him all the time. We should check on the bag. 
let's go see if there's anything else in that bag. And I think what happened before, I remember Kevin said, what? And I think what Mark was doing was pulling out a writerly device. Yeah. We told it. We did tell him ahead of time that to do it's some special, writers some special sound. Drops. My high school friend Mark makes these sound drops. Special for us. sound drops for the writers panel. Is Shout there... out to Mark. Great job. It's the end of the first act. Mm, yes. That's what he found in there, and that's something that writers really need to have. This is a question from AJ. Throughout the 80s and 90s, multicam sitcoms were the standard. Then in the late 90s and 2000s, single-cam sitcoms started to increase in number. What do you think the next trend will be? An increase in cams or another reduction, of which would sort of be like a fraction of a cam? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, six-cam. Six-cam? Six I'd love to see yeah. a five or a six-cam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Like, that's... explore that, see what kind of stories we could tell with five or six cameras. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's still a, it's a stage play, right? Yeah. With four cameras, you're not capturing maybe the funniest angles. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. missing... That's why people turned away from it. You're missing exits. You're missing exactly. entrances. The Overhead farce. shots. All of this comes out of French farce, right? Mm-hmm. Sitcoms? Mm, yes. And Comedia del Art some of that scene, is yeah. missing yes. when you only have four cameras, right? Yes. And it was cool and it worked fine in the sort of primitive 70s and 80s. But what are we going to do next? How are we going to yes. push the art forward? Where are we going to find the next level? They were doing a thing on Goldberg's. I don't know if you saw this, where they uh, experimented with sort of the cam sphere, which is almost like a zorb, uh, but with all like a large zorb, which is like a ball that you can sort of like a hamster ball that you yeah. walk around in, but with all cams on the outside. And yeah. they'd put Garland inside, and <laughs> love him. Well, and he's the perfect one for this, oh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and just watch him. He's always innovating. Navigate the set inside the sort of the sort of the cams orb and creating sort of a three D rendering of Garland that you don't. Uh, it's a little shocking to see for the first time on television. Well, but it's I, interesting. It was funny you said. I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I do know if I saw it, and mm-hmm. I did, and mm-hmm. I loved it. And I just think Garland is such a treasure, and I, he's his something about his voice. Can I say something really yeah, quick yeah. to that question? Who who was it who asked that question? It was AJ. It's such a great question, and I don't want to freak anyone out and sound too uh, science fictiony here. But the real answer that uh, you know is being whispered all across uh, studios and networks across the country is uh, drone comedy. Mm, yes. You know, we, with drones now, look. <laughs> Whether you think you've seen a drone shot or not, you have. They're already infiltrating everything from primetime network to the weirdest show on Adult Swim. Drone drone cams are everywhere. You can put them. And people think I'm joking. I'm not. You can yeah. put a camera GoPro on a drone. You can get anywhere you need to be. And that's the future to you me. You can hear it on About a Boy sort of that like. It's that quiet. Yeah, that not so quiet hum. Yes, they're screaming mm. their dialogue on that mm. show. And and. I would also say when you talked about fractions of cameras, that that's kind of a misnomer because cameras are getting so small, you could actually fit them in a bug. I don't know what we do with that, but it is something that is available. Right. And would mm-hmm. that be funny to see what they eat or whatever? Oh, man. You know? Yeah. That, that'll be fun. Pollen, I guess. I want to. I'm. I'm just hearing this. I want to start cracking that story. What is that going to be? You know, that's just mm-hmm. how that's, my brain works. This is so you. You're never off. You know, you're mm-hmm. always. I'm sorry. Um, Who you are hear you? an idea. Sorry. You want to go to work. Yeah. Take a Saturday off. Let me talk to Dave. Yeah, I know. Is I know, Dave in there? And God. I got to say, because we're all friends here for the most part, some more than others. But you know, I apologize for that. You know, because I know sometimes you want to just kick back and have a brew with me, and. Uh, Go ahead and rank us, friendship-wise. That could be interesting. Let's all do it. <laughs> well, that's, oh, oh, should we really, for real? You want to rank the friends? Let's I'd, all I'd rank love the friendships and let's do it fast. Okay, Kevin one, Healy two. Yes. And, um, you know, it's probably... I'm just going to say this only because we've worked together. Sean three and Hayes four. I would go... Sean one, Steve two, Kevin three, Engineer Cody four, Dave five. Huh. Uh, let's reach into the bag and we'll do another question. Oh, double camera comedy though. I forgot about that. Yes, I'm sorry. That's, Please speak what's on that? that. Yes, did we miss that? We did. Yes, talk about that because we've talked about single cam. Yes, about four cam, five cam. Six yes, cam. double cam. Thirty years from now, I say double cam. We're gonna have two cameras on set. We're gonna be 
shooting both of the actors at the same time. Yes, just so going can, boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, just back exactly. and forth. Yeah. Oh, exactly. but wait a second, Kevin. We won't be here 30 years from now because global warming. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay. some of these bullshit motherfuckers. All right, what's I'm in the bag? I'm trying to talk business, man. Yeah, well, I'm trying to talk about, you know, business too. And people are making it pretty hard to do my job when they're all full of fucking trash that they want to spew out all over the news at me. So I'm sorry if I got upset, but let's fuck it. you. Now let's get back in the bag. Yeah, let's hit the drop. Let's just play the drop. Ooh, it's uh, the tag on the end of the show. What? Yeah. Well, well this is probably the last question do? that we can do. That just happens sometimes. That's appropriate. Sometimes you pick the the end of the show out of the bag. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I would have liked to have gone longer. But yeah, uh, this question from Aztec. I've heard we have to keep it short. But I've heard the writers' room can be a difficult place for female writers because if it's a it's a bit of a boys' club, is that like a gay thing? There's homoeroticism is definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a part. no question. You're and not- it's really, I mean, that can be like admiration for. Another right. I mean, yeah. You go on. Does that express itself sexually? Sometimes admiration. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. How else are you going to express that? With words. What's right? a specific? Does anyone have a specific story from a room that they were in? Well, I've had sex with a few of the men <laughs> that I work with. Which ones? I don't. I don't think it's. It would be cooth. Harris. To say. I will say. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't have any specific stories, but Joe Mandy is always giving off kind of a. He's it's, almost like he, it's almost like he's presenting. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, yeah. the like way that a baboon bird. would or yeah, something. Or a peacock, yes, yeah. where they sort of show you uh, their bulbous and gorged um, anus and the colors and so yeah, forth. You, uh, you do with jokes. You make do with jokes. Look like a tar- it's a tar- It's a target for the wiener. I mean, ultimately. Yes. For the, I'm sorry to be that, crass. That is, it's the most nice. Joe Mandy to me. The most sensual of males. We're this talking about Joe Mandy's ass and butthole. No, Healy. Well, no, but we're saying it's a it's a metaphor. I would think a real writer would know that. Yeah, and I've now used your own uh, Mm -hmm. phrasing against you. Why are you trying to needle me so hard? What's going on? Can we get into that psychology? Well, you're coming at me strong. Well, you're the only one here who I don't really know. Please, um, so iTunes and uh, (laughs) and so to me. Is that foreign? I need to sort of establish. Look, I know where I stand in the pecking order with everyone else. Kevin's my boss. Uh, Hayes is smarter than me. Dave King's been very funny today. But you've been quiet enough that I think I might be able to slide in right over you. And it's going to take some fancy footwork on my part. Right. How do you think it's going? Well, it seems that by just sitting back and not really responding, you're somehow winning. And just sort of of phrasing uh, these questions to me Subscribe on that puts Kevin, the yes, you onus on me I'm just so sorry, to I explain we didn't talk like about how why there's any what the dynamics are yes. what's happening and somehow I character. can't win right yes. it would be hard it's and hard to have boxed I, you in fairly effectively unveiling the mask and it's yes. not so feeling good well I'm trying to put you on edge in the hopes that that will make you funnier but it's not it's not happening for me do we want to go around and say who we I disagree I think you're kind of we're seeing a Great okay. It seems like Side we're doing a writer. Oh yeah, panel. is this a yes. new way in which I'm funny? Can I stop? I can so. I stop you guys yes. real fast? We're just going to go around and say which character we each write for on our different shows. Ah, it's yes, sort of an illuminating idea. thing. Go ahead. I write for uh, Blake. When I was on uh, Family Guy, I wrote for the the baby. Uh, Parks and Rec. I write for uh, Ben. When I was on Frank TV, I wrote for Al Pacino, and um, when I was on Workaholics, I wrote mostly for Alice. Uh, I wrote for Julie on Alan Gregory, and um, I write for a character called Ghost Man on Workaholics. <laughs> uh, Carson Daly, mostly when I was on Last Call of Carson Daly. Paul Schaefer also on Letterman. Uh, and we have to give out the pro version, the pro version of the show. Who has it this week? Who has a pro version? Scooby Dupes bought the pro version this week. And as a prize, I guess it would be... He gets a writing job. Yeah. So anytime if one of these guys, you know, uh, is, you know, sells a show next year, then Scoopy Dupes just go ahead and hit him with the email. Bye. Bye. 
This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.